I'd like to thank you for joining us for the May podcast. We have a special guest with us today back for round two, Dr. Boonstra. She is going to take us through her manuscript entitled Serum Immunoglobulin G4 and Immunoglobulin G1 for distinguishing immunoglobulin G4-associated cholangitis from primary sclerosing cholangitis. So welcome. I know you're up late tonight to have this conversation with me, but again, I appreciate you being here. This is a hot topic. It's, a, it's an area that as a practicing hepatologist, sometimes I struggle with in trying to differentiate immunoglobulin IG4-associated cholangitis from PSC. PSC is something that I see routinely in, in my practice because of our referral patterns. And so it's something that I've struggled with trying to differentiate this a bit. So I'm glad I saw this study. It looks like there may be some light at the end of the tunnel. And I'd like to turn it over to you to tell us a little bit about it. Well, thank you, Dr. Harrison, for inviting me again. And yeah, the reason why we set up this study was that the ASLD practice guideline on the diagnosis and management of PSD suggested uh, that you should measure IG4 in uh, patients with possible PSD. And the reason behind it is, of course, that when you can diagnose some IgG4 patients that used to be diagnosed with PSD, you can treat them with steroids. And um, that's a major opportunity for these patients because we see a really good response on steroids in these patients. And so the drawback of this guideline suggestion is that a lot of PSC patients have an elevated IG4. And consequence of this could be that around 15% in our study, PSC patients would be treated with steroids with all the and negative side effects without having the benefits that you would see in IG4 patients. And therefore, we try to find a simple diagnostic tool to differentiate between true IgG4-associated cholangitis patients and patients with PSC and a mildly elevated IgG4 without any diagnostic consequences. And we noticed that a lot of PSC patients have an elevated uh, total IgG. And our hypothesis was that in a chronic inflammation like PSC, you see a elevation of all subclasses of IgG. And if that was the case, we would be able to differentiate IAC patients from PSC patients based on the other subclasses, and that's what we did. So we measure, measured not only IgG4, but also 1, 2, and 3, and then we saw that when we uh, looked at subclass IgG1 and we compared it between PSC patients and IAC patients, we saw that uh, the PSC patients have an, a global elevation of all subtypes, and IgG1 appear to be the best marker to, to calculate a ratio between IG4 and IG1. So in IAC, it's an isolated elevation of IG4. So that was the main finding of this study, because 15% of patients with PEC have an elevated IG4 with the, with the usually used cutoff value. So that would it implies that a lot of PEC patients 
would be treated with steroids without having the benefits of it. Well, you ended up enrolling quite a number of patients in your study. You had 73 patients with immunoglobulin-associated cholangitis and then uh, 310 with PSC. So it gave you a pretty powerful uh, data set from which to start to look at these IgG4 cutoffs as well as looking at this ratio of IgG4 to uh, IgG1. And can you talk a little bit about the result that you found in reference to, you know, the, the higher the, the IgG4, the more likely you were to have IAC, but you sacrificed sensitivity when you did that. So the positive predictive value you mentioned of 100% with an IgG4 greater than 5.6 grams per liter, but you sacrificed your sensitivity there. But then when you brought in the ratio of IgG4 to IgG1, you were able to get a relatively robust sensitivity and specificity looking at a cutoff of 0.24. That, to me, has some prognostic or at least some diagnostic implications. And the negative predictive value was robust as well. What are your thoughts on that? To start off with the, with the sample size, we were very lucky to cooperate with Oxford University in the UK, and that's one of the reasons why we collected so many IAC patients, because it's a very rare disease, and although we, we discover more and more about it and we see more and more patients in the clinic, it's still a very rare disease. However, it is a disease that can be treated, so therefore we collected as many patients as possible. And what we saw was that, indeed, the cutoff of 5.6, which is four times the upper limit of normal, is really specific for IgG4-related disease. However, there are a lot of people, patients with, with IgG without such a high serum level of IgG4. And what we saw that, especially PSC patients, are in the range between 1.4 and 2.8. So that's between one and two times upper limit, upper limit of normal. And we were wondering if we could measure something else to differentiate between PSC and IgG4-related disease. And what we saw was that if we incorporated IgG1 in the analysis and calculated the ratio between IgG4 and IgG1, we could differentiate between PSC and IAC patients. And so therefore, even if a patient has only an IgG4 of uh, let's say 1.8, which is only 0.4 above upper limit of normal, if you measure IgG1 as well, and you do a ratio analysis, then you can differentiate between IgG4-related disease and, and BAC, and you can prevent additional histological analysis or even a trial with steroids. And it's a relative low-cost analysis. I don't know what's the costs are in, in the U.S., but in the Netherlands, this is an analysis of only 40 euros. So, and it's it's non-invasive. You only have to draw some blood. So, it's a it's a relative easy way to differentiate between uh, IgG4-related disease and PSC. And of course, there are also circumstantial evidence for to differentiate. But sometimes, when you you see a patient for the first time in the clinic, and you don't know if this patient also has uh, concomitant IBD, or you don't know if this patient has had problems in his past with his lungs or, or his kidneys, for instance, 
which are common sites of IgG4-related disease. And you measure IgG4 because you think of, is this possible PSC or is this something, or is this cholangiocarcinoma or could this be IgG4-related? And you see an elevated IgG4. Unfortunately, that's not enough. You need more evidence. And we think that this analysis, by including IgG1, can help you as a clinician to differentiate between uh, these two similar diseases with different consequences and different natural histories. So it's an easy-to-use tool, and that makes it, I think, very easy and good analysis to perform in uh, daily practice. I'm looking through the paper, and just kind of maybe one final point of discussion Figure 5, you put together a proposed algorithm for distinguishing IAC from PSC using these two immunoglobulin subfractions. So, you you know, you have PSC differential is potentially IAC. You measure a serum IgG4, and if it's, uh, if it's less than 1.4 grams per liter, then you're calling with confidence probably, you know, this is PSC. And then you have various breakdowns of uh, your IgG4. If it's greater than 1.4 and less than 2.8, you recommend drawing a ser- or looking at the serum IgG1. And then you're applying the IG4, IgG4 and IgG1 ratio. And then if it's greater than 0.24, at that point, uh, you're suggesting obtaining histology is and to be on the lookout for cholangiocarcinoma as well. Can you add any to that? Yeah, because we saw that adding the ratio to the analysis is only beneficial in this range between 1.4 and 2.8. Because if the IgG4 level is above 2.8, the chance of having IgG4-related disease is much higher than when it's between 1.4 and 2.8. So then we advise to perform histology. And of course, always beware of cholangiocarcinoma because others have shown that in cholangiocarcinoma, IG4 can be elevated as well. And only if the IG4 level is above four times the upper limit of normal, which in our lab is 5.6 grams per liter, you can perform a trial with steroids. And if it's IG4 related disease, you can expect rapid improvement of the stenosis on a trial of uh, steroids. So that's why we developed an algorithm for daily practice to interpret the IgG4 and IgG1 analysis because it should be taken into account that an IgG4 level between 1.4 and 2.8 is different than an IgG4 level above 5.6. And it's a little bit of a gray area between 1.4 and 2.8. And others have suggested as well that the, that the cutoff of IgG4 for distinguishing between PSC and IgG4-related disease should be higher than 1.4. But this is an algorithm with an extra step where you can perform histology, but not in all patients. You can perform a trial course of of steroids, but not in all patients. So I think this is patient-friendly and easy to use in in, uh, daily practice. 
I think so, too. Have you been able to use your algorithm in clinical practice since you wrote this paper? Yeah, we in the AMC, we are using this, this algorithm, but we haven't looked at it in the trial yet. But we, I, I, we definitely will, and we will follow these patients and see what happens when, uh, when we start a trial uh, with steroids or we start treating uh, patients or we perform histology, and we will evaluate these patients prospectively. That's terrific. I think you've given us some nice framework on which to help us diagnose and distinguish between these two cholestatic liver diseases. And certainly we look forward to further work from you in this regard with maybe uh, potentially some prospective data using your algorithm. And then it would be great if we could externally validate that as well. Well, I thank you so much for joining me today and taking your time out of your busy schedule. And I hope uh, this is something that listeners get, get quite a bit of good information out of. I know I've certainly taken something away from this that I can try to look at in my clinical practice. So thanks so much. We look forward to our, our next podcast with you in the future. Thank you. That's nice to hear. Okay. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye.